This is Notoriously Episcopalian. My name is Kelly Hudlow. This is a podcast of sermons and musings all about the Christian faith and especially about being an Episcopalian. This is a sermon for the third Sunday of Advent, December 13th, 2020, offered at St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Greensboro, Alabama. The principal text for the sermon are Psalm 126 and Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 4 and 8 through 11. May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know about you, but I have never been the type of person that like wakes up in the morning and remembers vividly what I had dreamed about the night before. I just, I know I do dream, everybody dreams, but I never would have a lot of memories about whatever went through my mind the night before when I was sleeping. But when the shutdown happened and everybody was stuck at home, I started remembering dreams that I had and I thought it was a little strange. And then a couple of months ago, I was listening to um, Science Friday on NPR. I don't know if any of y'all are NPR nerds like me, but it's a show that comes on on Friday and talks about science in a way that is understandable. And they were interviewing an assistant professor of psychology from Harvard University named Deirdre Barrett. And what Barrett studies is dreams and what happens when we dream and and what our reaction to them are. And she particularly studies dreams following crisis events, whether it's individual crisis or large-scale crisis like 9-11. So as the world shut down for COVID-19, Barrett began collecting information about how people were dreaming around the world. Some interesting discoveries in this research was that 35% of people reported that they were remembering their dreams more than they did before the shutdown. Folks also reported that their dreams were a lot more vivid than they had been. As you might expect, healthcare workers that were surveyed basically were reporting what we would call nightmares. And other folks in lockdown reported having dreams about catching the virus or being out in public and not having a mask or finding out that their kid's entire third grade class was coming to their house and they were suddenly responsible for homeschooling all of them. For the folks in the United States, there was a strange reoccurrence of dreams that centered on being attacked by bugs And the only explanation that she can really offer is it's because in America we have this idiom of coming down with a bug when we get sick. This increase in the vividness of dreams and people recalling them is likely related to the fact that we were sleeping more. No longer having to commute to work or school, we were actually catching up on the sleep that we normally miss And being well-rested apparently means that we dream more vividly and we can remember what we dream. While nobody quite understands the role of dreams for us and for our minds, we do know that oftentimes what we dream reflects what's going on in our waking experience. When we are anxious or in times of crisis, it is reflected in what we dream. 
And in this time of pandemic, her survey showed that it was not just affecting our dreams here in the United States, but that around the world, we were all collectively anxiously dreaming in this time of pandemic. Now, you may recall two weeks ago when I was here, I told you to keep awake, and so it might seem strange that now I'm talking about what happens when you are asleep, but dreams are an important part of our story of faith. In the story of our salvation in Scripture, dreams are a place that God meets us and speaks to us. If you remember in Genesis, Jacob has a dream and sees angels ascending and descending from heaven. And it's in a dream that God tells Jacob that it's time for him to go back home. Joseph dreams and gets himself in trouble with his brothers because his dreams show that he's going to be more powerful than them. But his ability to interpret Pharaoh's dream is what saves him when he's in Egypt. Daniel of Daniel in the lion's den dreams of the coming of the Son of Man. And perhaps most familiar to us in this Advent moving into Christmas season, is that it is in a dream that Joseph is told by the angel that Mary will give birth to the Savior. Dreams may be a way that we share our collective anxiety, but they are also a way that we can share in collective joy. In the opening lines of Psalm 126, we hear, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, then we were like those who dream. The psalm continues and says, Then our mouth were filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. This psalm is one of the psalms of ascent. These are short songs, easy to remember, and it's thought that they would have been sung by people basically on their way to church. As they made their way to Jerusalem and to the temple to worship, the people would sing these short psalms. Psalm 126 begins with remembering and rejoicing that the Lord had acted before by saving Israel and that because the Lord had acted, the people could safely pray and be assured that the Lord would act again, that again the Lord would restore the fortunes of Zion, that the Lord would make the water be like the water courses of the Negev, when rain comes rushing in and turns the desert into a place filled with water. Dreams are also part of the life of the Spirit. In Acts at Pentecost, Peter, after receiving the power of the Holy Spirit, comes out and begins quoting the prophet Joel to explain what is going on to the apostles and to those around and says, In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Remember, my friends, through the water of baptism, we are reborn and sustained by the Holy Spirit. And so for us that have been baptized with water and spirit, what dreams should we have? Well, I think our reading from Isaiah gives us a starting point. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
This maybe sounds particularly familiar to you because we also hear it in the Gospel of Luke when Jesus unrolls the scroll and reads and teaches in the synagogue in Nazareth as he begins his public ministry. Isaiah is speaking to the people of Israel that are at the beginning of their return from exile. Isaiah is speaking to those that are coming back to a land decimated by occupation. And while there is certainly joy that they are returning, now is the time for rebuilding, to build up the ancient ruins and repair the ruined cities. The Lord may have restored their fortunes, but there was still a lot of work to do. It is then in that work time to declare the year of the Lord's favor, the year of jubilee, when people are set free from their debts, not just their sins, but their indentured labor and property. This restored Israel is to be built on the love of God's justice. Right now, with a vaccine on the way, we are on the eve of our own return from exile. We still have a ways to go. We've still got to continue loving our neighbor by wearing our mask, washing our hands, and staying physically distant from one another. But an end is in sight. It is time to dream. What does our community, our nation look like when we are restored? How can we bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty and jubilee? How do we repair the ruined cities? How do we stitch ourselves back together again? After this long year of sickness and death, of economic ruin, of protest, of political division, what is God's dream for us? In our interview, on Science Friday, Barrett gave, some folks, gave advice for folks dealing with anxious dreams. She said it can be simple as this, that when you're falling asleep, think about what you want to dream about. Something good, something happy, just something that you would like to spend the night wrestling with. And apparently by doing this, about 50% of the time, you can get your brain to dream about that good thing instead of what is making you anxious. On this third Sunday in Advent, we are reminded that even in the most difficult times, there is cause to rejoice in God. We prayed in our opening prayer for God's power to be stirred up in us and that in that stirring up, it is time for us to start looking forward to start preparing for the restoration that will come and the work that we will be called to do. We can rejoice because we know that God has acted before through the people of Israel, through the incarnation, and that God continues to act through those anointed in the power of the Spirit. So it's time to stir up our dreams. Let us be like those who dream, those who have known the power of God and those who prophesy God's freedom and justice and liberation. And though we sow with tears now, we know that we will reap with songs of joy 
And though we go out weeping, carrying the seed, we know that we will come again shouldering God's harvest. Stir up your power, Lord, and transform our anxiety into dreams of your kingdom. Amen.